everyone. This is Marilyn Guadagnino. Welcome to the Living Stress-Free Podcast. From Rochester, New York, on the edge of America. On the very edge of America. <laughs> you know, that song we use is very infectious. Wasn't that something you created on Garbage Band? Is that what it's called? Garbage, Garbage Band. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Garage, yeah. Garage Gar- Band. Garbage it's, it, it was an app put out for grunge music, yeah. Garbage, it was good. great, very popular in Seattle. Garage band. At the time, garage band, yes. Thank God Steve Jobs is deceased. Yes, um, it's called Celtic Fields. Oh. And I wrote it eons ago when Garage Band first came out. And it's been sitting around... Uh, in my iTunes library forever. Waiting, waiting. Waiting for its moment, and now it's here. It's here, and people hear it every single every time. Every single time. It is, I think it's infectious. It is infectious. And as you know, you're a musician. I am not a musician. I don't I don't play anything. I, you know, Marilyn even tried to stop me from singing at times. So, you know, if Her I could... Your voice is getting better, though. If I could do it, anybody could do it. No, I like it. I like it. It's a great little tune. Thank it's you. Very catchy. Thank you. <laughs> so here we are again. This is a um, this is a special version of the Living Stress Free podcast because we're going to do something we don't normally do. We're going to focus on. No wonder we're so stressed. No wonder. This is going to be the first part of a series. Every so often, we're going to be talking about. No wonder we're so stressed. There's there's like lots of ironic crazy things going on and we just want to take today to chat about those a little well it's also kind of like you know those uh, vaudeville comedians they always had some kind of line like that no wonder we're so stressed that's right. you know no wonder we're no so wonder stressed. we're so stressed you can say it to yourself wherever you go that's right it could be your little your little like secret secret handshake kind of thing <laughs> Oh, we're the living stress-free people, so, you know, we, we know about when th- people get stressed. So, so anyway, so that's what we're going to chat about today. And um, I don't know where to start because <laughs> there's so many things that well, get stressed. <laughs> well, there's lots of reasons. Now, we're talking about reasons that, you know, all of us know. We may disagree upon uh, our interpretations of these different social issues, we're not trying to put forth any particular political, religious, or cultural um, agenda. That's right, because we're we don't do belief systems, and yeah. those those have to do with. Beliefs. Well, we also just don't have anything to do with that stuff. Anymore, no. So, disclaimer, disclaimer: <laughs> do not mean to offend anyone in okay, anything let, that we say in the next half hour. <laughs> let's get down. Okay. So we'll start with the middle class shrinking. The middle, the middle class is becoming less and less vibrant. Yeah, yeah. That's I think I think in my personal opinion, that's the biggest problem we have. And I think that that was uh, I don't think it was done intentionally at first, but I think people started seeing the benefits of having the small middle class that was was not very uh, financially and politically viable. I think that. But I don't think it began that way. I think it began, you know, we started globalization. We started uh, making our contracts uh, with China, you know, many years ago. I believe it was during the Nixon administration. And I think it, we pretty much can say that starting in 1980, 
um, with Reagan in office that, that we, that's when we began seeing a shrinkage, you know, mm-hmm. especially because the technology boom uh, sent all of its, you know, all of its stuff over to China to be made and in Asia. And so we lost a lot of jobs. Yes. Yes. And, and we still are. We still are. And these reports come out that show how our unemployment rate is so low and this and that. But when, it's you, just look, nonsense. It's yeah, just nonsense. when you look at the types of jobs that people right. are getting, it's right. not what it was, you right. know, for like during our parents' time. Like Lou and I are middle-aged. So, you know, our parents really were in a time period that was middle class was doing quite well. It was the most prosperous time, I believe, for the middle class in the United States. But that's a good point. You just brought up a great point. Why don't we describe a little bit for younger people who weren't there that may be listening to what it was like in the 1960s and 70s, you know, the average family. That's a good point. You know, for instance, my dad would come home and uh, grill. You know, my mother never worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a nice home, car, everything that we needed. And, you know, dad would come home and grill every Wednesday, I think it was, he would grill. And then on Sunday, he played golf three times a week, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. paid for everything on one paycheck, Health insurance purchased for the entire family. No worries there. Mm-hmm. So this was very average. I mean, my dad was, I would say he was, he did a little bit, he did better than some middle class folks. He was a hard worker. So he was kind of an entrepreneur in his own way. And he made a little bit more money than people, but he wasn't outrageously wealthy. My dad was in Rockefeller or somebody. So we're, we are talking about middle class. And your parents, mm-hmm. wow. You know, I love your parents, as you know, but they did very well. They did very well. My father's was an accountant his whole career, and um, mom didn't mom didn't work until after she wanted to make sure myself and my two brothers were older than me that we were all uh, got to a certain age where she felt she didn't need to be home but she made she made sure she was home with all of us which again like mm-hmm. your mom was the same way mm-hmm. I mean that's unheard of and they I think mothers can't it's economically it's not, not feasible anymore. but you know mom was always there until I guess I was like in um uh, maybe when I was in sixth or seventh grade mm-hmm. she decided to go back into the workforce but part-time and she wanted to just do things that she enjoyed so it wasn't even out of like dire necessity it was more like oh i always wanted to be part of a newspaper crew so she she got a job with a local newspaper doing typesetting which they don't even need oh, wow. anymore yeah, right, it's not right. even in existence but so it, it was almost like the second job in the household was a choice and wasn't even necessary. And I think part of why mom did it is because my parents were very, um, their value system was very strong on academia. And they really felt strongly that myself and my two brothers, our bachelor's degrees were paid for completely by them, which mm-hmm. is, I know, again, is very rare. I was very fortunate. Um, so like we didn't have school loans for our bachelor's degrees because mom and dad paid for it all. Mm-hmm. They said after that, it's up to you. But so Well, the pricing just, was also very different. Yeah, it was very I mean, low. the fact that you're a, a middle-class family like your parents could pay 
for three children's bachelor's degrees and then just go on with life as if everything was fine. Right, right. (laughs) It's just not possible. If somebody did that nowadays, they'd be in debt for, you know, they'd probably have to mortgage their house unless they're wealthy, of course. No, that's very true. And besides them paying for all our colleges and such, and this, you know, I was... I was in college from like 83 to 87, so I'll give you a, a idea of time period here. Right. And my two brothers, one's two years older than me and the other's um, four years older than me. So that's the time period we're talking about. So there were three of us in college, or like the oldest was done and the other two, but we were still going on vacations every summer. Yeah. And we would, my family would always rent a beach house right on the water in New Jersey. On the ocean. Right on the ocean. And um, so, yeah, it was a different time period. I mean, they were able to afford all this on basically like one income with mom bringing in a little extra money. But, and it, it was... It wasn't like it was a huge stressor for them. Right. Well, industry was complete. It was so powerful in the United States. I mean, that's what we were known for. We were known to have the best products in the world, you know, and we really did. I mean, when I was young, I remember people buying one washer and dryer would last their whole marriage, their whole life, you know, Uh, or a lawnmower would last like, you know, you'd give it to your son when he got married it was really that's the quality that we had in our products and so people would buy less too mm-hmm. because the quality was good so we had a lot of jobs mm-hmm. everybody who wanted to work pretty much really could work you hear that nowadays but like you were saying they say that nowadays well anybody who wants to work could work yeah if you want to work at a fast food restaurant or you know you want to work in a, an industry where uh, it's very you make very little money and the working conditions are poor yes everybody probably can work but in those days everybody could work it, was, it meant a completely different thing people were actually making enough money oftentimes just one person working and the whole family being being you know well off and doing fine with health insurance exactly and um we live here in rochester rochester's a great example yeah, of true. this with kodak and, and how and, and xerox you know i i moved here in 1991 so i did not know what it was like here but you are well aware of how oh yes well it was just incredible i mean everybody had a job and people had good like for instance it was very common for people to have um, a middle-sized house where I lived with a swimming pool and a boat mm-hmm. and the family took vacations every year and you know like I said again I keep bringing this up but it's so important especially for the cost now you know everybody had health insurance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you had to get most employers gave you health insurance and so people didn't even worry about those kind of payments because it's not just what you bring in. You know, everybody knows this. It's not just the money you bring into the, your house's income. It, it's what you put out. Right. And, right. and so in those days, they were bringing in more money and putting out less. So they actually had savings while they were making better money than people mm-hmm. nowadays. And so the middle class, in my opinion, that's one of the biggest reasons we're stressed in this country. And uh, it's because the middle class has shrunk to the point of where it's non-existent. Yeah, I was really fascinated moving here, not from this area, seeing how many people in their families had not only had a really nice house that 
in other parts of the country would be worth double or triple the amount they paid for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, like talking like mini mansions, really nice houses. Mm -hmm. And then in addition, they'd have like a cottage on the lake. Right. And that was just totally common and normal. And then these cottages stay in the family and it goes to the children and so on. But I wasn't used to that. And it showed how economically vibrant this area was Mm -hmm. in the past that that could be in the families. Yeah, I remember my parents like uh, arguing over whether or not to buy a, a cottage. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a middle class. My mom never worked a day in her life. There are, you know, I want a cottage. No, I don't want a cottage. I don't want a cottage. You know, like it, it's it nothing a, to yeah. go buy a cottage. You know, it's like going to get a, a bicycle. <laughs> right, but the, you know, no middle class family thinks that way at all. No, no, it's totally different. And you mentioned the um, the fact that a lot of the industries have you know, farmed out to other countries. And yes. so many of our products are made in China, for example, yeah. and such. And um, what we've noticed through the years is how the more innovation, the quality just seems to have gone down, oh. down, down. Like you said about you could have a washer and dryer way back when in our parents' day and age, and it would last a lifetime. And yeah. now, you yeah. know, they're made to break. Yeah, they are. Yep. <laughs> Mattresses are that way. Yep. Mattresses are no longer for your bed. Well, you they're, can't even ma- flip them over No, anymore. no. They're designed so that you have to buy a new one right. in like 10 years. Right. So the entire industry is set up to take as much money from the consumer and give as little to the consumer as possible. That's the idea. You know, that is very different than when I was young and when you were young, too. Actually, the idea then was the integrity of your product. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how they advertised. You know, I don't care whether they were advertising aspirin or, you know, whatever, a lawnmower. You know, the idea was this is the best you're going to get, you know. And this right. is, you know, people, do, corporations don't think that way at all about their customers anymore. That's very you know, true. Are, they don't even put instructions. No. <laughs> in the box, you know, it's like that's yeah, so they, true. They give you you buy a product, you know. I just bought a product and uh, it's a wonderful piece of technology, but there's no instructions with it. So so I have to uh, get on YouTube to find out how to use it and how to use the app. And this is like totally ordinary now. And here's the, here's the really odd thing to me that I find so bizarre is that a lot of these products, the YouTubes that teach you, give you the instructions how to use them, are not from the corporation that created the product. In other words, the corporations are creating products and just saying, you guys figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, as a consumer, I'm like, well, I I thought that was part of the bargain when I bought this, you know? Yeah, what happened to the poor technical writers? It's a very, well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> My brother's a technical writer, right, and he's looking point. for a job right now. Yeah. He's in between jobs. and Yeah, the technical writer's job was to write these instructions right. for things, and right. now they don't come with instructions. So <laughs> No, because the whole idea of a corporation has shifted from bringing a quality product and selling its product based on quality to, you know, Basically, a consumer is almost an enemy. (laughs) So I think this is the the point of saying this, by the way, is not to complain. It's just simply to say there's good reasons for why we have so much stress. It's it's to say no wonder we're so stressed. Yeah, no wonder we're so stressed. It's really true. So what's another no No, wonder we're so stressed? One more side note on that is there, there are people out there who don't 
have these technological advances and an advance of even just a computer that's up to speed you know like my mother's one of them and what are they supposed to do when they to keep up with the new products you have to have the ability to go online or to get an app or whatever and it, it it just cuts out all the people that for whatever reason, don't have that well, see, ability, I think, uh, but they know, don't care. <laughs> no, they don't. That's right, because it's part of their business model. It's part of their marketing strategy that they just simply look at, well, where are we getting the most money from? And so everything is targeted to those demographics, and those demographics are usually people who do have the computers and do have the ability to get online and do all these things. So. They don't really care, although they're not willing to say that, what happens to the rest of their customer base. They don't care. If they leave, that's fine. There's plenty of people for the target. That's right. That's what I think. No, I think you're right. That's what I think. No wonder we're so stressed. We're no wonder why <laughs> we're so stressed. What's the next one? Healthcare costs. Yeah, Healthcare that's, costs. Uh, if you're lucky enough to have healthcare, the cost, I mean, just with the co-pays and the, the deductibles and all of that. I remember last, um, well, in, in tax season earlier this year, we always get a little money back from our taxes, and it all went towards um, healthcare costs because you fractured your wrist pretty bad there yeah. in the wintertime. And, it, and, and I have health insurance yeah. um, that's from uh, from a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's sad. I mean, tax return used to go towards, oh, put a little in savings. A boat. Or buy, buy ourselves something we've been waiting to buy, a vacation. No, right. this, this went towards the doctors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that happened. Back, and that's, back the hospital. And yes. that's become normal. Yeah. In yeah. our culture. So, you know, people have to budget their health care costs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, many people stay in their jobs when they're burnt out. They just they just can't handle working the particular job anymore because they've done it long enough or it just is not something they want to do anymore. And maybe their body cannot handle it anymore. They have physical problems. They have to keep the job because they need the health care. Yeah. And that's sad. That is that it's makes very for a sad. very stressful. But it's also situation. very it's also very um, unnatural. And what I mean by that is, I think our current culture is at risk, very high risk, because it's so unnatural. Even tribes, small little tribes, of people take care of each other. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that nature, you know. Culture, in terms of nature, is cooperative and supportive. And our culture right now, and people forget our history. You know, it was just a short time ago where health insurance was basically, everybody who worked had health insurance. Employers were expected to have health insurance, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And, and everybody had it. You're right. We've right. gone from that model that perception of reality to, you know, literally, conservative people are literally kind of having their hands on their hip going, well, why should anybody pay for your health? You pay for your health. And that's become a psychological, that's become rationalized as as being intelligent thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is I think it's, it's anti-nature. It is. 
It is. It's I, I agree with it's you. It's not just a stupid thing philosophically or, or even economically. It's a stupid thing just in terms of the fact that, you know, even uh, a, a small family of coyotes takes care of each other. <laughs> the coyote factor. <laughs> well, it reminds me of um, someone I know who just went to Easter Island, and she was telling me about Easter Island, that there's like 5,000 people that live there yeah. on the island. And they have, a, they have a rule. You cannot own any land there unless you are indigenous to that island. And so they've contained their culture completely. And the only kind of food available are just, you know, family-owned places. They don't allow any um, fast food on the island or anything. There's no Impossible Burger Whopper? (laughs) How do they live? There's no Walmarts. There's no anything. What do they do? So, in this, like what you're saying, I mean, they're a contained society that takes care of themselves. Of course they do. Of course they do. You know, we're always talking about survival of the fittest and, you know, hunting and destroying things that are weaker than us to show that we're, you know, evolutionary. You know, this is the whole idea. Many people think evolution is based on survival of the fittest. Right. You know, right. but it's not. It's based on cooperation and, and adjustment. Yep. No wonder we're no so stressed. No wonder we're so stressed. <laughs> another, um, another. Life. I like this. Yes, yes. This is going to be a, a regular addition. <laughs> the the third leg to the the incredible global stress is the political situation. Oh, God. We are really polarized. And the elections our, are coming. Our country up. is getting. Warm. Elections are coming up. No, no wonder, wonder we're, we're so, so stressed. stressed. <laughs> No, we're just too polarized. We've become such a polarized nation. It's 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 scary. Yeah, it is scary. It's getting to be very scary. Yeah. And people are digging their heels in more and more and more to assert what they believe is true with all their heart completely, but the oh I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I fear for the future. Yeah, it doesn't look good. And I think one of the reasons it doesn't look good is because we have a lot of people who are in authority and in power in the government that believe in absolute knowledge. And yeah. that has historically always been a time of horrible things, whether it's Nazism, religious wars, communism. One thing, all of these horrible atrocities that have happened to the human being happened to human beings is always based on the idea that somebody has in their possession absolute authority and that is the most frightening thing to me yep yeah it is i think the i mean personally i feel that the all of these issues are based on people's very strong ideas that don't take into consideration reality <laughs> I love the way you say that in such a gentle way. I, we don't mean to break this to you, but and idea versus reality is a theme in in my book. Even I mean, it, it's I'm talking on a global level here, but it, it is the thing that gets us all in trouble on a personal level. Mm-hmm. If you're stressed out, you probably are putting too much focus on your ideas and not making decisions based on just the everyday reality of what's going on. Right. I mean, if ever, just do that for yourself. If you're stuck about anything, ask yourself, is this an idea or is this reality? And that takes investigation. I mean, you can't just skip that through your mind while you're picking up your coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, you have to, you know, really think about that because it's hard to tell whether our ideas are really 
distortions. It's very difficult because we take them so seriously. You know, they're like our possessions. You know, people really feel that their opinions are part of the are are themselves or expressions of themselves. It becomes a personal issue. And idea versus reality goes on both sides. We don't. We are not slanting everything on one side or the other. For example, the idea that you know, everybody should have health care, everybody should be taken care of is a great idea. But what is the reality of that? That gets tricky. There's a lot of, yes, there, there's a lot of um, yep. negatives to that. On the other hand, the idea that, you know, you can get the best coverage you want, but you have to pay into it and, you know, take it in a more capitalistic way. It's a great idea, but there are drawbacks to that, right. you know. So what's the answer? The answer is what is the reality of what's going on in our country right now and what's the best solution? And that's not easy. It takes a lot of inquiry. It does. And that's one of the things that we teach in LSF is to, to stop looking for a resolution. Mm-hmm. You know, stop, begin with, not solving a problem, but seeing all sides of it. Mm-hmm. You know, first educate ourselves by looking at all perspectives, seeing how they relate to each other, if they can be integrated or not, and why. Just stop right there for a minute without rushing to a solution. And that's one of the things I think we have problems with in our culture is this knee-jerk reaction to rush to solutions about everything. And uh, it's we're making we're creating solutions without even having all the information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An example that comes to mind is we are we love to watch Shark Tank. We love that show Shark Tank. It's fun. It's it's just because it's it's funny, entertaining. It's also it is funny. very educational and um, creative. There's so many things that I like about it. But anyway, several times there's been somebody on Shark Tank with a new product they've come up with that they want made in America, and then yes. inevitably. Yes. At least one of the sharks say, "Well, why don't you just have China make this?" And you know, just and they they are very certain about the fact that no, we want to keep this, you know, creating jobs for our own country. And then the shark has good intentions, but they're saying, "But hey, you can make a lot more money," and then that can be. So again, these are ideas. They both are coming with ideas. The right. idea that let's keep this America made is a great idea, but is the reality is it sustainable? You could hold on to that idea, but then end up going bankrupt because you couldn't sustain it. But where the sharks are coming from, they're saying, they're go- coming from completely the idea of make as much money as you can, but then there's the reality of the integrity of the product. So it's the same, right. and same then process. To use another example, like right now, there's this whole horrible thing going on with e-cigarettes um, in terms of lung disease that people are getting and dying from. It's a very serious yes. issue. It turns out a lot of it appears to come from the illegal... Uh, cannabis, or what they're calling THC, uh, the oils, the vaping oils, right. cartridges. And I read an article, I'm not sure if this is the, all the facts, there may be other facts contradictory to this, but it did make a lot of sense, that the problem is, once again, here's the situation, unregulated innovation, if you will. Um, people who, who are very small companies, very, very small companies, anybody can buy you and I could buy these cartridges and we're in China and start selling them in the United States. Now, here's the issue. According to what I was reading, um, if you go and find the location in China where all these companies are, it's a very poor part of China. Mm -hmm. These people are having trouble with the basic necessities of life. 
So the companies that they have are willing to do things like, you know, cut their product in order to make a higher profit. And they're not necessarily educated right. in terms of right. what they're doing to cut that product. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the leading theories that of what's happening where this does, and that makes total sense to me. Mm -hmm. So um, that's another side. So mm -hmm. you do get greater innovation, but there's danger when there's nobody, there's no oversight. Exactly. And these are products that anybody can buy. That's, we have to remember that. That's very important. Like alcohol, beer, take beer. Okay, beer, not everyone can buy it. Mm -hmm. You have to have a, be a certain age and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Anybody can buy these products. That's right. So mm -hmm. that's like, uh, you know, opening, putting in Walmart. It's very dangerous. So once again, there's another side of the story. No wonder we're so, we're so stressed. stressed, for God's <laughs> sakes. So. <laughs> Can't even have a decent e-smoke anymore. <laughs> so if you want to know what to do about all this stress <laughs> from all that's going now on. Now that we've made you feel as stressful as possible. On a, on a big, stop by livingstressfree.org. Well, exactly. Whether it's on a big level or a small level. Livingstressfree.org, we're here for you. We have yeah. lots of things that can help you. But we're just glad you tuned in today, just um, acknowledging that life really is hard. Come and hang out with us. Please. Take a break. <laughs> Take a load off. Take a load off. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a stress-free day. Wraps her up. And we'll be back soon with another Living Stress-Free podcast. Mm -hmm.